Welcome to the Her God Speaks podcast special Tuesday feature called Hermeneutics Tuesdays. Yes, that's Tuesdays with an H, where we are seeking to become better interpreters of the Bible one 10-minute episode at a time. I'm your host, April Spears. Let's learn stuff together. All right, so I have been teaching the Bible for about 20 years now, and the biggest challenge that people have, and I'm included in the people, is answering the question, what does this verse or passage actually mean? So I want to start a new feature here on this account. Um, I originally started this on Instagram and thought I would go ahead and put these on the podcast as well. But I wanted to start a new feature talking about the interpretation aspect of Bible study, answering the question, what does this passage mean? All right, so the big fancy word for that is hermeneutics hermeneutics, which is just your methodology for interpreting the Bible. Now, I'm going to be true to myself and give this segment a really dumb name that I think is kind of cute. (laughs) We're going to call it Hermeneutics Tuesdays. Now, I'm going to kind of batch post these first few because, again, I've been doing this on Instagram. I'm just now moving it to the podcast. But after I get these four um, Hermeneutics Tuesdays, the first few posted, this will be a feature that will come out every Tuesday or almost every Tuesday. I'm sure there are some Tuesdays. I won't get one out. But um, yeah, so we're going to call it Hermeneutics Tuesdays. So like Tuesdays, but with an H so that we can be, you know, nice and alliterated. Love me some alliteration. All right. So what do you think? Pretty cool. Awesome name, right? (laughs) All right. So these are just going to be little um, like five to 10 minute segments where I just lay out some kind of tip or foundational principle for good, healthy Bible interpretation. Because you can spend your whole life reading your little Bible plan. I read through the whole Bible every year, blah, blah, blah. But if you do not know, if you don't have some semblance of understanding of like how we go about determining what this passage means, Um, then, hey, guess what? Our application of the passage is not going to be correct, right? So I think so many times when I'm doing a Bible study or I'm I'm working through even a devotional book, like how many times do we jump straight from reading a passage to applying the passage to our daily life without doing any kind of work or thinking critically at all about how we actually come to determine what a passage is? means. So anyway, that's what this segment is going to focus on. All right. So I want to start out with a little story. All right. So my good friend, Erin, just went on a mission trip to India. And as she was preparing for this trip, one thing she had to do is intentionally research what to wear. Because the culture in India is so much more conservative than our culture here in America. For instance, you do not show up to the Taj Mahal in cut-off jean shorts and a tank top. Even if it's 100 degrees, you just don't do that. They will not let you in. And so she got a few things before she went um, here in the States. But one of the first things they did when they got there is they went shopping to get clothes that fit the cultural context that they would be serving in while they were there. And not only did she lay aside her American wardrobe, 
for that trip. She also did not sit down at a restaurant in India and order a Big Mac and a large sweet tea and a slice of apple pie and then get all mad that those things weren't on the menu, right? Like she ate curry and I don't know, all the other things, <laughs> non and, and the things that in the Indian food, right? Because you, you just, you don't do that. You don't go to someone else's culture and demand all of the things that you are used to in your culture. That would be a horrible expression of cultural snobbery. To maximize the impact and enjoyment of her trip, she needed to be a good tourist, knowing that that particular context there in India is really different than our context here in America. I want to suggest that when it comes to Bible interpretation, where we often get off track is that we fail to be good tourists of the Bible. We actually express a lot of cultural snobbery when we approach a text. Now, we might hear someone say, the Bible is an ancient book, right? And we're like, yeah, 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 it's old. But then we actually read the Bible and we read it through our own modern, post-enlightenment, living in America, 2023 lens. We bring all our assumptions and our worldview and all our stuff to our reading of scripture. And then we expect that text that was written so long ago. It really is an ancient text. We expect it to just totally fit. We expect it to make complete sense. We expect to be able to pull our little nugget of application from it right away. Well, that's the equivalent of showing up to the Taj Mahal and cut off shorts and a tank top and demanding a Big Mac and a sweet tea. Like we, we tend to do that with the Bible all the time. So what I want to do in these first few segments of this Hermeneutics Tuesdays is I want to go through some foundational assumptions about the Bible that can set us up to be a good tourist. Are you ready? All right, so here's the first one. So important. Very, very short, simple, but really, really crucial. All right, so the first one is that the Bible is a divine book written and delivered by human agents. And these human agents were, here it is, real people who played a real part in writing the Bible. Now, some have this idea, and I think it's more of a subconscious idea. We wouldn't really say this out loud. But we have this idea that the writing of the Bible was some kind of paranormal event, right? So we know the Bible was God-breathed. So we kind of get this idea that maybe Moses or Isaiah or Paul, whoever's writing scripture, all right, so they're sitting at their desk or scroll holder or whatever they sat at and wrote. Um, they're sitting there. They're having some spiritual thoughts. Maybe they're praying, and all of a sudden, they go into a trance, right? Their eyes start to glow. God takes over their body. They have no control, uh, no, no thoughts. They've just been completely taken over, and God, like, he moves their hand to pick up the, you know, the whatever they're writing with, um, and, and he moves their hand over, over the parchment to write, um, to, to, to write what he wants them to write. Their eyes are still glowing. They've got no idea what's going on. 
and they end up writing the passage of scripture. And then they wake up and they look down at what they've just written and they're like, whoa, where in the world did that come from? I had no idea. That must be scripture. God must have written that. Listen, no, 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 no. That is not what happened. Nor did the Bible like fall from the sky as we have it now. This is not some Harry Potter voodoo magic kind of paranormal book. What we have in our Bibles was written, compiled, and edited over a period of like 1,500 years. And both the process and the product were created by real people, used by God, moved along by his spirit in their context, using their own words, shaped by their own experiences. And that is not in any way, shape, or form in conflict with the traditional understanding of the doctrine of inspiration. In fact, if you really think about it, the unity of the Bible amidst this vast diversity of human authors and experiences and contexts is a testament to its divine inspiration. So, hermeneutics, Tuesdays, principle of interpretation number one, how to be a good tourist of the Bible, all right? The first foundational assumption is that the Bible is a divine book that was written and delivered by human agents. That's the way that God chose to do it. These agents were real people who played a real part in writing the Bible. They were awake and cognizant and involved the whole time. And this has major implications for how we interpret scripture, how we determine its meaning. All right, so that's our first little Hermeneutics Tuesdays tip. I will be back next time with another one. Bye, you guys. <laughs>